Welcome to IM Talks 2018 Challenge Road Race Day Coverage. Right, team, welcome along to race day coverage of Challenge Route. I am Talk Super Special is 2018. I'm sitting next to John Newsom at the park where we park our van the night before. It was a mission to get here on the race day, but we made it, didn't we? We've got a very patent, patented uh, plan of coming through the forest and get here, and it is, it is about as good as you can get in terms of parking. I'm going to be the first car leaving tonight, night, and to be honest, I don't really know how I'm getting home, so we'll see how we go when we get home. Hopefully someone can be my GPS in the car. John, uh, it's been a pretty fantastic day here today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the race. Uh, Basically, today's show is lots of interviews. We've pretty much interviewed majority or all the males and most of the female pros. And then we've got a few of the epic gappers and just random listeners who came up and said hello. We interviewed a few of those as well. And then at the very end of the show, we've got to put the press conference up. Uh, we'll, we'll do that once we actually do the finished music. So if you want to listen to the press conference, there's some good stuff in there. So we'll put that on there as well. You can listen to it at the end. But John, let's talk about the race. Uh, let's talk about the pro race. Let's talk about the girl race, first, ladies race first. It was a bloody good race and a shame we didn't get to see much of it because we were, uh, we were sort of able to follow the males race but then we had to come in to start doing the interviews and as it started unfolding in the latter part of the run it was an absolutely brilliant race so good on them for keeping it nice and tight and I think um, all those athletes sounded, not all of them, but most of them sounded like they were having pretty rough days. Times were still pretty reasonable but they all sounded like they had slightly rough days and they're probably going to learn a lot from it. It sounds like it was a very challenging day from the wind factor at least, wasn't it? Um, you, you wouldn't have picked it? You certainly would not. So next, next week's show we'll be doing a bit of research into our winner because I know next to nothing about her. I did notice in the booklet that she won uh, Ironman Hamburg, I think it was last year, or maybe uh, 2015 she won somewhere else. I think it was Mallorca. Yep. Um, they did say in the press conference she's got a child. I don't know how old that child is. Uh, so good on her. I mean, that was a gutsy performance. Oh, Only won by a handful of seconds. and it 11, stayed, 11 seconds. And it stayed that way for the last three four five k's so just got someone just behind you that is a gutsy effort by both of them yeah it, it was because lucy also didn't give up the fight you know she she lost the lead and we went back to about 20 seconds and she actually fought back in the last k to get a few seconds back it was just a little bit, little bit too little too late uh Cross the finish line, I was, I was doing interviews, but you went and watched it. What happened over there? Yeah, so I, I was said to be, and I don't think we'll be getting anything from those first and second place because they really collapsed and uh, were completely KO'd, as were many of the, the many more of the females. The guys seemed to be in slightly better shape. Uh, but just impressive race, impressive riding by the guys. Uh, 4.05 for Camworth, 4.07 for Patrick, uh, not Patrick, uh, Keenlay, both course records on a day where there was a bit of wind. Uh, um, conditions overall outside of that were fantastic, uh, but those boys, you know, blitzed the bike ride and then uh, Keenlay did what he needed to do on the run, so that was impressive. And the girls' race, I reckon Lucy Charles is going to come out of this a better athlete for Kona um, because she fought really hard when I reckon she didn't necessarily feel that great. And uh, to still come away with second place in that calibre of field is pretty awesome. Yeah, she did show some character, didn't she? Uh, any disappointments? There's a few DNFs, I think. I think one of the most 
results that I was most proud of was Brian McChrystal in eighth place. We had a chat to him post-race and he was pretty stoked. And just having interviewed him a couple of days earlier, you guys will have heard that if you've been listening, and then to see him coming off the bike in fifth place and going, he's just got to lay down a steady Eddie run and he's going to have a great day. That was awesome to see. And another one of our favourites, Joe Skipper, him coming off the bike and seeing, going, well, if he runs okay, he'll run into the money. Yeah. But he ran really well and, and ran into fourth place, I think it was. So yeah, I, think, I also think uh, Jesse Thomas, Jesse Thomas, that was, that, was, that was a step up in performance for him at iron distance. Well, he's on his, his sort of, uh, you know, his honeymoon, not his honeymoon period, but his sort of swan song. He's going around and clipping off all these races. You know, he had a great race in Challenge Wanaka. Uh, then he said he had a, a career best run at a half Ironman in the last couple of weeks. And he's come here and had a, you know, probably a career best uh, Ironman. So, and, and good on He played the game, you know, like, because in the first, you know, the first lap we saw him go up Soderberg. And, uh, and you're thinking, He's being an idiot here, you know. You're thinking he's ruining his race, and he, he lasted, I think, about 100 to maybe 100k into the bike ride, and he dropped away from those two faster riders. And you're just thinking he, amateur mistake, he's going to end up walking the run. But pulled it together, had a great run. He ended up, I think, 244 was his run, I think it was. I think so. So good on him, and he's he's a he's not he's a bigger unit, yeah. you know. And so to run that fast is. Uh, it's very impressive. So lots of Germans though, you know, like we were standing behind the finish line doing the interviews and we grab all the English speaking uh, interviewees and a lot of the Germans I didn't know, but man there are so many strong Germans over here, it's impressive. Just your thoughts on the race overall John, this is uh, your first time actually being a spectator at the race, you've done it twice, um, it's, it is different to being amongst it on the, out there racing, so just kind of what's your thoughts on the race as a spectator? Uh, it's. I enjoy, I enjoy seeing the people we know, you know, the campers uh, are out there supporting each other and they're all pretty happy when they finish and yeah, I just, I probably enjoy most seeing the people that we've interviewed and actually this time I don't think we necessarily gave them the curse of death. When we go to Kona and we do our interviews, it seems like... Back it up, don't tell people this, we need interviews for Kona. <laughs> yeah, they don't tend to do so well. Um, but I think that the theme out of the race for me is, is a lot of athletes this year fighting for a result. You know, um, Laura Sedell, who I know you interviewed, she fought for the result. Um, Joe Skipper and all those guys. It seems in a lot of other races they athletes might give up... We paused because we thought one of the athletes coming through. Adam, hurry up. We're waiting for you. Adam Flipper Philby, though, I think he's going to be ahead of his uh, time. time, so we can't complain about that. But often we see lots of athletes CNFing, and it just seemed to me today that lots of athletes, for whatever reason, decided to fight for it, whether it was, okay, there is a reasonable amount of prize mounting on off here, or just out of respect for the race and the crowds. You know, the, a couple of the girls have said the crowds really got them home. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see those pros just fighting. It's probably a lesson for every athlete in this, even us age groupers, is that, the you know, like when I interviewed Joe, which you're going to hear later on, which is gold as always, because he revealed some pretty funny stuff. But, um, you know, he said he, he you know, him and um, James Canano are running together. And he just, he said, he actually said, James, look, you go ahead because I, I, I can't keep with you. And then he just stuck at it and he found a second win. And sometimes as an athlete, we just give up too easy. And he, you know, obviously he thought he wasn't there much left in him. But just that, remind yourself, just try my best still. Something in front of me may come back and I may actually end up having a great run. And that's what he did. Yeah, you got to fight all the way. If you're having a shitty bike ride, chances are you'll be better on the run and just hang in there. When you're in the last 10k, I think, then you, you're blottoed and you just got to do the best you can. You'll hear in the press release a number of the guys, pros, said, you know, the last 7k, they were in la-la land and just hanging on for dear life. Um, yeah, just got to hang in there and uh, keep fighting and be optimistic. You know, when you get negative thoughts coming in, just try to stay positive. Look on the brighter side and uh, 
guys, if you get the chance to come to Rote, it's it's well worth it. You know, we haven't been to millions of races around the world. We've done, you know, Ironman New Zealand, we've done Wanaka, we've done Kona. Um, I've been to you know a lot more other races in Bevan, but you know the feedback we get consistently is if you want to do a bucket list race. The problem is though, when you come and do this race, going elsewhere is going to seem a little bit of a letdown, but uh, make the effort because it is uh, pretty unique. Yeah, so it, seriously, I know a lot of people listen to these shows that we do over this period with Challenge Road, uh, and pretty inspired to come, and you do need to do this race in your triathlon career. Like, seriously, everyone I talk to, you know, you've got to do Kona, definitely. If you can, if you're able to, but this is definitely the second race on the bucket. So uh, we're going to get into the interviews now. So what we'll do is we'll kind of just put the pro interviews up and then we'll put the interviews we did with some randoms. Well, not the randoms, listeners of the show and, and some of the people from Epic Camp. And then uh, we'll catch up at the end. And then what we'll do is we'll put the press conference on after that. So we'll be back at the end. We've got uh, Sebastian, champion of the day. Sebastian Keenley here. How are you feeling, mate? <laughs> Fucked, but happy. <laughs> Talk us through your day. Um, uh, uh, well, this, the, the swim was actually, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, I think it was one of my first front, front pack swims, but um, uh, I mean, on the, on the other hand, uh, there were a lot of guys in the, in the first pack and I don't think the, the swim was like really fast. So, um, I mean, uh, thanks. Um, so therefore, I, I don't know. I mean, it was a quick time, but the conditions were pretty pretty good. And then, well, um, Cameron was in, in in our group, and I was like, actually kind of shocked because I mean, last week in uh, in Nizza, I don't know if he just did a warm up swim for this week's uh, race, but he lost some six minutes or whatever. So there was not a real warm up to actually prepare for what was coming next, and that was like for me at least. 15 minutes of uh, going pretty, pretty, pretty hard because I didn't even realize that he already uh, was in the front and had a quicker transition than me. So I had to catch him because oh, okay. I know otherwise it would have been game over or at least it would have been, I would have lost a very good um, starting position. So yeah, and then um, I mean, he was riding in the front all day. I tried to actually just show some respect and took one lead and uh, after 300 meters he overtook me again and and then the last I don't know I think with 150k um, I needed to uh, to pull the plug otherwise I would have killed myself and uh, so therefore I saved a little bit for the for the run um, felt pretty solid for the first 20k suffered the second 20k like always I mean you're always suffering but um, yeah could hold it together pretty well and uh, finally won this race <laughs> what, what are the, some of the kind of key things you take away from this race kind of I know you're in the moment right now but some of the key things you take that give you confidence moving forward in the year to be honest it's it's too early I need like two three weeks talk with my coach and everything and um, but um, yeah of course I mean uh, the Kona will be will be will be awesome this year. I mean, with you know Lionel, Cameron, me, a couple of other strong guys on the bike, it's gonna be a hell of a race. But it also seems that all, all of the guys who are you you know you talk of your swimmers have got better recently. You know, like the, 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 the bunch of you guys who are kind of a little bit behind have seemed to have stepped up a little bit more if you swim recently. Well, I mean, it's difficult to say because um, uh, my swim is kind of like sometimes it's pretty well sometimes it's not so well and I just like need to have a little bit more consistency 
just just lastly, um, this race, tell us about what it's like to come to that finish line and go up Soderberg on this race. Man, I mean, it lifts up to the hype. I mean, uh, to uh, to win this race in front of this crowd and a home home crowd is pretty special. Awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. The female champion, Dan... Daniela, we, we, how do you say your last name correctly? Uh, Sembla. Sembla, we, we, I'm hopeless with this. Tell us about your day. Oh, it was a great, very tough, very hard day. Um, the swim was okay, not great, but okay. The bike was supposed to be not windy, it was yeah. so windy. And yeah, really, really hard. And yeah, the run was, for me, it was really really a good run um new person the best time I, I don't even know what i had but it was, it was, i think it was three or four wow okay yeah, yeah yeah that's that's really fast for me and um yeah the last 5k were just wobbling legs and i thought i might fall fall down but yeah and when i when i overtook lucy um when you when you don't see the person anymore yeah. it's even harder <laughs> and she stayed behind you didn't she yeah yeah she she stayed behind me and i first believed it when it was only 10 meters to go so yeah but what, what tell us about to come to road it's a german race you're german what's yeah. it like to come to this iconic triathlon and take it out oh, oh I, since i've been here for the first time um when i was 10 years old oh, really? <laughs> yes uh yeah i've been here quite often for as a supporter or just like to watch it spectator yeah. and um yeah i've been racing here two times before and there I couldn't really yeah show my performance or I think since then I have improved <laughs> apparently yeah, and um, yeah I can't can't believe it <laughs> it's just great when you, when you got to the finish line you were literally dead to the world weren't you yeah. getting across that finish line what did it feel like uh, yeah I thought I could um, enjoy the finish line of course I did enjoy but not like I don't know I didn't really realize it it was I, I was just yeah, just empty. <laughs> is it the hardest you've ever worked? Pardon? Is it the hardest you've ever worked in a race? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's always uh, straight after a race. It's always the hardest uh, yeah, you've yeah. ever worked. <laughs> but I think so. Yes. Well, congratulations on the race. You had an amazing day out there. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Thanks so much. Okay, we have uh, Andreas Streitz here, uh, who had a fantastic race. Uh, tell us about your day. Oh yeah, it was amazing, and yeah. It is another long distance and that's, I think I, I'm a fan of long distance, <laughs> especially, especially here in Roth where you have this atmosphere and so many people and everybody is totally involved in this sport and everybody is having a great party and pushing us to these performances, it's just amazing. When you came off the bike today, did you think you had a chance for the win? Uh, well, yes I had. Yeah. Uh, I ne never know. I know. I know Sebastian is a very strong runner, uh, and I'm a little bit a dark horse in running. I, I'm definitely not the fastest runner, but I think I can run efficient, and that's that's also that I'm. I think I have good chances in long distance, also in running. Uh, yeah, but today I suffered at the end a little bit too much. Uh, but yeah, I have to learn my lessons and to yeah to build up for the next time. And yeah, in general, I had an amazing race today. And uh, yeah, also at the beginning, uh, I was running the same pace than than Sebastian, and the Sebastian is 
uh, known uh, that he runs the first half much faster than the second one and yeah then you never know but yeah of course he had an amazing day and uh, yeah that was he, was he had the race under control every minute of the race and he showed that he really wanted to win here and did a, a, had a well deserved win. So on the run I was watching you in the last five to seven kilometers and you were walking the aid stations was it uh starting to hurt in that last five kilometers uh yeah it was on the one side it was starting to hurt on the other side it's also uh a little break that i have and uh then i can get some more nutrition in and then then push my pace again because if i slow down too much uh, then it it's more tough uh, and I lose in, in total more time than by stopping and then running the same pace again. One thing we, you know, lots of people come to this race because it's such an amazing experience. Can you tell us what it's like for a pro in this race? Like, what's the experience for you guys? Wow, that's amazing. Also, so, <laughs> I think there are no words to describe it. I think the best is that you come here and do it by yourself and then you see what it is. What does the rest of this year look like for you? Uh, I will do the 70.3 Worlds in South Africa and Ironman Hawaii. Oh, so nice. Two championship races, two big races again coming up. Well done on a great race. Thank you very much. Yeah, i got the, 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 pom the pommy flag next to me. Uh, Laura Sedell, tell us about your day. Oh, um, <laughs> oh pretty emotional. Um, I felt like I had a pretty good swim or solid swim for me. Um, Started all right on the bike, but just didn't have just just didn't have anything on the bike, so I was pretty pretty disappointed with that. Um, fortunately, I think I had some run legs, um, but just not enough, you know, to make it onto the podium. And um, full credit, it was great to see Danny win. Um, super excited to see her her win, and I think get the German record. And I mean, I think I went fastest that I've done by several minutes, probably down to my run. But yeah, just. So a bit of a mixed, <laughs> mixed emotions. Um, yeah, sort of happy with the run, but really disappointed with the bike. How did you, um, how did you go about processing, working your, working your head through? You know, you're, yeah. you're in a bike, it's not going well. Yeah. You're still in a race. So what, how did you work through that? Um, I just, I started getting really, I started getting kind of frustrated, and then just had to like throw that out the window and just go, just relax, just enjoy it. You know legs aren't there you haven't got any kind of oomph I guess to raise the power so just try and try and relax try and enjoy it um, enjoy the atmosphere and being on the, being in wrath and that sort of thing and fingers crossed that I had something on the run and um, to keep me keep me a bit more positive and salvage something yeah was it, was it just one of those days or is it something you can put your finger onto or yeah I, I don't know it'll be um, back to the drawing board I, well back to the drawing board that's a bit dramatic um Felt, yeah, felt really good this morning and sort of pretty excited and looking forward to it. And um, yeah, don't know, don't know, don't know if it was just one of those days. Um, don't know if I didn't use enough of the toolbox to kind of find the legs on the bike or, or that was it. Um, so yeah, I'll have to sort of go back and have a bit of a look. But, um, you know, I think I think I'll salvage the fact I think I ran a three hour Marathon. Three hours on the dot. Three thirty-four, I think it was. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll pretend I ran really slowly around the, uh, around the stadium <laughs> to add a few seconds on. <laughs> and, and so pretty happy with your run. 
yeah, yeah, pretty happy with the run. I mean, um, actually felt felt really good for the first sort of I don't know 17, 18k. Struggled a bit in that middle section. Um, thought Yvonne was sort of coming back to me, um, but when we got out to book and back, managed realised that I'd sort of put a bit more time back into her, and I think sort of it was actually closing down on the girls in front. I think or the, the distance yeah. seemed to be seemed to be closing, but just yeah, not not enough at the end of the day. You, you've been back to road a few times. I know I know it's not your best day in many ways, yeah. but tell us about stores that still give, oh, give the buzz. Yeah, it's still just amazing. Um, you know that swim start is so magic. Yeah, like yeah. just the balloons going up. You can like the, the banks aligned all the way. You can hear, you can hear people. You can see the other swimmers around coming the other directions and stuff. And then, you know, all the villages on the bike course is pretty special. It was it was pretty windy out. I, I think I don't know. I, I'm normally pretty good in the wind, but I think that kind of I struggled a bit in the wind. I think as well, which was a bit odd, or whether it was just was part and parcel of not having the legs. Um, and then the run course, you know, actually out on the canal, there's actually quite a few people out there. You know, it's I was worried it might be a bit lonely out there. It was actually lonelier, sort of on there through the trees out to Book and Back, and then you sort of get hit with hit with the crowd at Book and Back, and that's pretty awesome. So yeah, it's still it's still just an awesome race. Like anyone out there, I'd get yourself on the list to do this race. It's just oh, for me, it's still the best race in the world. Just the atmosphere, the course. Everything about it, that stadium is just amazing and uh, Felix, Alice and Catherine and all the challenge team here, it just makes it the best. Well, I know it wasn't quite the day you wanted to hear, but well done for sticking in and having a great run at the end and we're proud of you. Anyway, <laughs> Thank you and thanks for the support out there. Awesome. Saw all the guys on the corner and Erin and Scott and yeah. everyone else was cheering, which was really nice to see, so thank yeah. you. Awesome, mate. Love your work. Yeah, it's okay. okay. We, we, we've got time. I've got an hour. Do you want to go in the shade? Uh, no, it's okay. He's been in the sun all day. Got yeah, Chessie yeah. Thomas what, here. What okay. now, Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, yeah, totally. We were, we were watching at the bottom of Solberg Hill and we could see uh, Cam Worth coming and he didn't have too much expression. We saw Sebastian Keenlake coming and he was smiling and then right behind him was Jesse Thomas and you were smiling that first yeah. time up Solberg. Was it what you expected? It was and, and like, you know, it, it was two things. It was Solberg and it was what I expected. And then I was just like, Holy shit, I'm riding with Cameron Wirth and Sebastian Keenley, and I'm third place at Challenge Roth with two of the best cyclists ever in the sport. And I was just like, this is like a moment for me, you know? And so I was just, I knew I was, I knew I was on the rivet, I was only, <laughs> and I was only going to be with them for another 10 minutes. And, and it was about 12 minutes later that I got popped. And, um, but I just, you know, it was one of those moments that I was just like, soak it in, man. So what, why did you, did you make a conscious decision, I'm going with these guys, stuff it today, I'm just going to do it? Yeah, or? I mean, my coach and I, Matt Dixon, you know, we talked about, you know, using the, the Uber cyclists in the race when it felt appropriate. And I just got, I was in the front of that group when Sebastian went by and Cameron, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just plug in and see what I can do. And then it was like, Every little section I was like, I'll make it to the top of the next hill. So then you get the fast part with them. And, um, and it was just keeping me motivated. Uh, but then, I mean, it was, it was way too fast. I mean, my wattage, I went through 56 miles in 204. Nice. <laughs> and my watts were higher than they were at Challenge Heelbron yeah. uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, and so I was just, I just, 
about five minutes later, I just got popped. And, and it was, <clears throat> I was probably 50 watts lower on the second loop. I was about 10 minutes slower. Were you thinking to yourself, I'm stuffing up my race yet? Like, what were you thinking at that moment? Well, you know, I mean, if I, I wouldn't have done it if I thought that it was good, that it was bad. You know, like I was like, I'm getting free speed off these guys. I'm getting like, even if I'm at 10, 12, 15 meters, you know, I'm getting I'm getting some benefit, and it's just and it's keeping a carrot. It's keeping me pushing hard, yeah. and it's harder than I should be pushing. But you know, you just like you, you take a crack at it. I don't even know what my normalized power was, but I'm sure it was through the roof because I was like, there were so many times when I was like 380, 400, just like trying to get back up where they would make little surges. And, um, but you know, and then, but then the second lap, I was like, yeah, I might've fucked it up. <laughs> Cause I was like, I, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. I just felt like I was going backwards. So how were you off the off the bike, and oh, how did the runner fall? I felt bad. I felt really bad for the first like five miles. I had I and knew you I lost the place. Didn't you? We, what, we, 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 what's we, that? Were you off the bike? What number were you off the bike? I was fifth. Okay. Yeah, yeah fifth. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, I was uh, I, I felt bad. You know, like two weeks ago, I had the best run of my career, and um, so I knew I was in great run shape, and I was hoping to run pr pretty close to 240 here, if not if not under. But after that ride, I knew there was no crack at that. And so it was just like, just manage, you know, the best that you can and, and you're in a good position and there's some not runners in front of you. You might be able to reel in even with a subpar marathon and, and that happened. And, and I was lucky that I was able to hold off uh, Skipper and Kunama, who I, I think put time into me on the marathon, but um, I just ran well enough that it was just enough to keep those guys off. Well, you're sure as hell ticking off the bucket list. Challenge Wanaka, challenge yeah, Rote. You look, it's looking good. No, dude. I mean, honestly, like, you know, top five or six, I would have been really happy with. I, I did not expect to get a podium, and um, and my my outside goal was like maybe got a crack at eight hours, and yeah. to to break eight hours here is just like career day. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And what does it mean for you? Because this is this is kind of a breakthrough race for you in many ways, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, like. I've had good Ironmans before, right? Like, you know, Lanzarote was great one year and Wales was good and and um, and it's tough because Kona is the world championships and that's the that's the measuring stick for everyone and Kona is pretty much like the worst course on the planet for me personally as an athlete. So, um, for a, a number of different reasons. So, it's frustrating to like try to be competitive on like a world stage at that race. And so this, this definitely is not Kona, you know, and I, and I know that, and, but to come and get a podium at a big race like this with some good guys in the field, like, you know, feels like a little bit of redemption for, you know, not having great races at Kona, so. Six up eights, you know, yeah. like, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's good, field, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does, it, it yeah. shows cool, uh, and it was perfect conditions for me. Yeah. Wetsuit swim, cooler day, it's like all the things I needed, hilly course, um, you know, run that you get some speed on. It was like, it's a perfect course for me. Fantastic. Yeah. You gotta get yourself a picky bar for uh, post-race. Yeah, and, man, uh, well, I've already had like five today. So <laughs> actually seven, including the morning. But yeah, I'll probably eat another one, I'm sure. Nice work. Yes. Well done on a great race. Yeah, yeah thanks guys, appreciate it, yeah. Um, uh, to do way much better than last year, and I did. Yeah. So I think I was like 20 minutes faster than last year, but it was just, 
not enough. And um, to be honest, it hurt it. And uh, it was mentally, it was very hard because I'm just a very spoiled girl, right? I'm always top three. And uh, to run in, in a fifth place, you know, that's mentally, that's just really hard. Yeah. So I'm just really proud that I, I ran it home and that I finished and still a good time. And well, fifth place isn't uh, why I'm coming to Rot, of course, but I knew it would be really hard to go on the stage. And to be honest, I'm really proud that I, I finished the race and that I still did a very good race. And it was just hard because I'm used to ride with Laura, but Laura just didn't have a good day on the bike. Yeah. So I had to ride in the front the whole time. And I just felt that on the run. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because normally Laura and me are such a great couple. <laughs> like we, we work together yeah, and yeah. She wasn't herself. Yeah, she said that we've interviewed yeah. her. She said she really struggled with the bike. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and there were so other girls behind her. Then, yeah, I was in the front the whole time, and it's just smashed my legs. And I, I, I had to push because I'm, I've raced Danny twice in the last four weeks, and uh, I know how strong she is on the bike. So, I knew we couldn't let like the gap get too big. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, sometimes you gamble and then you lose. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, this was my 40th long, long distance, distance wow. and uh, my 15th under nine hours. And I'm just happy. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just happy. What about Daniela's performance? It was pretty oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, but I knew she's in amazing form because, as I said, I raced two half distance races in the last four weeks. Yeah. And uh, what is this is the first year that she's beaten me every single time. Yeah. So those two times and she was, she's just so strong on the bike. Yeah. And uh, she, she didn't have such a good swim though, because I think we were only one minute behind her yeah. and we didn't have a very good swim. Okay. And um, yeah, you know what, I'm just so happy that Daniela won because I think for Challenge Rod itself for the race it's really good to have a German winner yeah, yeah. and Danny kind of like deserves it because she worked so hard and I think like I made a, made a joke before the race Lucy Charles she's too young she doesn't deserve to win <laughs> Challenge Rod yet it's not unnice no. it's just that that's, that's how I feel so yep. I'm really really happy that Daniela won yes there she is yeah. and, uh, and, and uh, you're getting married in a month yeah, no, no, in two and a half weeks. Oh. So, yeah, I was thinking of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, congratulations. I know yeah, it was a tough day, but congratulations you. as well, mate. You're, you're always much. a legend for the sport. Thank you very much. I've got, I've got Joe Skipper here. Tell us about your day, mate. Oh, mate, I'm fucking smashed. Uh, really, really tough. Uh, on the bike, I was, like, completely in no man's land for pretty much the whole time. Um, I, had, uh, I had a really good swim, but I just lost them with about... God, I don't know. You were close. Yeah, I lost them about like literally like eight seven or eight hundred meters to go like it just split and uh, one of the guys who was in like who was in front of me managed to get across and i didn't and that was like really like costly because then you you know you're, you're isolated aren't you i had brian mccrystal go pa go past me after 80 k's and i went with him for about 15 k's and i was completely killing myself yeah it, it, I, I couldn't even go with him i was completely drilling it and then uh, i got onto the run and i was a bit like cooked but i just I, I just like did just like tried to hold a good pace, and then um, gradually I like, picked them off. And then actually, with about eight k's to go, nine k's to go, James Kanama went past me, yeah. and I was completely smashed, and I was really dying. I said, I actually said to him, I said, I ain't got anything left, mate. I said, you go, you go and get the podium, because I said I'm completely cooked. <laughs> you know, I, I thought I was going to be in like su su survival mode, you know, to, to the finish, but um, I gave myself a bit of a talking to, 
about a mile and a half later and I just got a second wind. Like I don't know where it came from. And then I caught him up, put a dig in and just kept going and I probably run my fastest 5k of the race was probably the last 5k. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how where that came from, but it took me from 6th to 4th. Really? So, yeah, yeah, but really tough to have. I think it was like my fastest time on the course and obviously the run now was slower than 2016. Yeah. Uh, the bike was tough, like, you know, windy. So the guys at the front were it's really... It's definitely a what-if day for you. If you got on that swim, it's a what-if day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it just shows that my swim is improving massively because yeah. at the turn I was... Uh, I was I was well in that group, and uh, but it just got a bit like argy bargy, and you know like if you haven't got if you're kind of like a bit on the limit, you know on you know on the red line on that just in the pack, if something goes wrong with you, you haven't got the extra have you to to, to up to up the pace, you know to yeah. cover moves and stuff. Yeah. But it shows that I've improving massively. Because you were well behind last year, weren't you? What were you behind last year? I was like 52 something. Yeah. And I think what was it today? Like for, high 49, 50. Yeah, 49. Yeah. yeah exactly. So it shows that massively, and I've, so I've got my swim now. You know, I know what to do because I've been it's, I've been working on it since March, and it's been massively paying off. You know, so stick to it another three, four months, and even next year I'll probably swim a minute and a half quicker, and then I will be in the front pack because I'll have some more gears. You know, so uh, yeah, but yeah, good race and uh, shows the strength in depth this year because top six under eight under eight hours. Crazy, eh? Yeah, and it wasn't a fast day as well. Like, I mean, the weather was like. Temperature was all right, but it was bloody windy, you know, like, and you really felt it on the canal and uh, on the bike. So, so, so while it wasn't the result you desired, you take some confidence away from this race? Yeah, it's just when you've got like a really strong field, you know, you can, you, you know, you could you could be second or first or you could be fifth, you know, like there's not much margin for error is there and it's like, you know, I didn't make the swim pack and it cost me, didn't it, in the end, you know, had I been out in that lead pack and I managed to stay with like Jesse Thomas or something like that, then potentially I could have got third, I might have got fourth anyway, so, you know. So, I mean, how fast, how far ahead was second? Like, cause he looked like he was dying a bit. Oh, it was a few minutes, but yeah, yeah, you, you probably wouldn't have got him. But it was definitely close to GC. But, yeah. uh, well done, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. What next? Just go home and cruise for a bit? Uh, no, I need. To, well, I'll recover a bit, but like, I need to. I want to carry on building because, you know, I was. In, I've only actually been running for seven weeks mm. because of the injury, what I had. Um, Do you know your run time? Yeah, two forty-two. Nice. Yeah, so I need to get some points in Hamburg to go to Kona because, like, I really want to go there. Yeah. Well, good luck, mate. You're a bloody legend. Where's love having you on the show, mate? Yes, thanks very much. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. James, commander here. Uh, tell us about your day. Uh, not a very good day. Uh, tough from the beginning. Uh, just not race fit, I guess. Uh, you know, I think I'm pretty fit, and 7.59 is not a bad time, but <laughs> I just wasn't able to mix it up with the boys today. Uh, missing that top end. Um, not entirely surprised, um, having had no races this season. Uh, but, yeah. Good preparation for Hamburg and going in the second half of the season. I'll take it. I'm a little bit disappointed with the finished position, but you know, this is what it's it amazing. is. I think 60 went under eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was a tough day. Yeah. Guys were pushing hard. Um, I maybe made a tactical blunder. I should have maybe pushed harder in the beginning and got up to that group. Um, especially on the second lap when you're passing age groupers, having a group makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I was flying solo, which kept getting jamming the brakes on so I didn't smash into an age grouper which doesn't help uh, but no excuses really I just didn't have the firepower and you know you can't go up against these guys without the firepower. We, we know it's been a pretty intense kind of six months for you um, do you still take a lot away from this race because you know it's still a sub eight it's still your fastest race like do you take away something away from this? Yeah I mean it's my fastest race yeah I went 752 last year in, in Frankfurt oh, but um, I'll take it um, you know it's uh, if I can do a 759 and I'm, to be honest, I'm I'm probably half baked at this point, and I can go 7:59. Means there's a 
lot of improvement for the second half of the season and that bodes well. Um, you know, you don't want to come to a big race like this and get your ass kicked. Um, but sometimes that's what you need at this point in the season. You know, there's still three months to Kona and a lot of work to do and a little bit of a wake-up call never hurt anyone. Well, go have a good rest and good luck in the handboot, mate. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks. Okay, we've got uh, Cam Worth here who's uh, done two Ironmans in uh, one week. So how did the legs hold out on that run today? Yeah, well, I mean, I was a sad la. I mean, oh, I don't know if I told you yet, but last week was really, uh, you know, part of a, an experimental taper for today. And, um, yeah, I was much better today than I was last week. So I guess in some ways it worked, but I obviously wasn't good enough to mix it with the big boys. So um, back to the drawing board, I guess. Have to uh, figure something out before Kona. Did you, um, did you go out there with a plan of smashing the bike and how did it sort of unfold with you no, and Sebi? I actually tried to take it easy uh, on the bike um, and I saw Sebastian was with me so I thought that's great, I'd love to you know, stay with him and, and ideally help him. I would have loved to have seen him break the course record and um, I called him sort of up just to see how he was feeling and uh, he said, oh man, I don't know if I can help much. I said, okay, you save your legs for the run and went back in front of him and then uh, next thing I heard the motorbikes and when you hear the motorbikes it usually means you're alone and sure enough he dropped so you know it wasn't my intention to drop him at all um, but I was really pleased for him to be able to finish it off and run such a great race. It's an important race for him so it's fantastic. How about how did your run go? You looked okay when you set off? Yeah it was really good. Um, I you know planned to do the first 25k as easy as possible you know because it was along that riverfront and uh, nice and flat and easy and and then, uh, you know, if I could get through that feeling okay, I felt like I'd probably start coming good as the race went on. And, uh, you know, in that last 15 k I was able to sort of really grind out a rhythm as the other guys got tired and, you know, held a good position at the finish. So, yeah, I'm really pleased. It's one of my best runs, so I'm really happy. Did you break three? Not quite, 301. Oh. But um, that's all right. You know, getting there and uh, on a tired set of legs, you know, I mean, at this time of the year, it's all about putting the work in for Kona and, you know, if my slow runs get quicker, you know, hopefully when I finally put that good one together, it'll be, um, yeah, be really quick come October. So that's the plan. What are you doing next weekend? Uh, not Frankfurt. <laughs> uh, I'll be back in Andorra. <laughs> Probably be sitting beside a lake somewhere. Uh, I don't know, maybe jet, maybe water skiing, jet skiing, uh, doing something with all the crazy uh, motorsport guys. Fantastic. Well, great race. Good to see you hanging there. Well done. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, we've got the uh, past and now current Irish record holder, which, looking at my watch, we've just gone 8 hours and 10 minutes, and he probably finished a couple of minutes ago. So I think Torsten's ratings for Brian McChrystal are out the window. He absolutely smashed it. We saw him, uh, didn't see him come out of the swim, but after the first lap of the bike, he was mowing through the field, caught up Joe Skipper, went out the front, and uh, then he was fifth, I think, off the bike, and obviously hung in there with a good run. So Brian McChrystal, you must be stoked. Yeah, uh, everything on paper, you know, you can do all your calculations, and on paper that performance was in me, but but uh, you just have to go out and do it, and I'm just proud to just get that out of myself. I kind of swam swam better than I thought. Uh, I biked like I wanted to. <laughs> Didn't give any free tickets to anybody. <laughs> Even when they asked for them, I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I had to, like I said when we talked before the race, I had to do a wee bit of manoeuvring and a bit of threshold uh, work. Nothing that I'm not used to, my body can take it, but uh, just got running and it was, felt really good, but kind of, the clock, uh, I made a decision to say frigate. 
I'm going to go here. I'm going to try and get as far up the road in the run as possible because after 25k... This lad is a machine on the bike. <laughs> an absolute machine. <laughs> but... Uh, I just, I just made a decision to run out of my comfort zone and just, because it's a war after 25 kilometers in the run. And I paid the price, but I, I pulled it back. You know, I was, I was on for early 250 pace, I'd say, or even 249, and that's not me, but I pulled it back. The day wasn't a disaster. I didn't want that kind of, it to go out at 3.30, you know, when that kind of happens. So every, you feel better. Yeah, the medical team are a little concerned about uh, okay, Brian. We'll yeah, the, the medical team. I'll, I'll look after Brian. He's he's good. Good Irish lad. Uh, but yeah, see, I don't have the luxury of the other other pros. I need to make every race count because there's huge sacrifices, not for me but from my family. You know it's so I kind of have to toughen up when I'm out there. I can't kind of out when it's not going well and do that 330 run I have to just suck it up so um, yeah I think uh, under 810 8, that's huge for me I think pushes the Irish record to something decent now on paper you know so I'm happy oh fantastic ever we're really stoked to see you out there pumping it on the bike and then hanging tough on the run so uh, well done and you Irish fellas listening you've got a, a new mark to go after nice work Brian uh, yeah Cheers, thanks lads. And you know what, I didn't say it the other day, but I didn't thank your, uh, the two of you boys because when I started out triathlon around 2010, 09, I started listening to you. So I robbed every idea going and brought it into my own performances because what you do, there's no f fluff with you guys. It's common sense. It's no kind of, you know, you're not tying it up in a ribbon and handing it to people. You call it as it is, and that's right, that's why I like listening to shows. So you should be taking credit for that performance there. I'll take it. Thanks very much. Okay, we've got Fraser Cartmel here. Uh, he's having a little lean on the wall. Tell us a little bit about how your day unfolded. Well, it was first out of the water. Oh, we nice work. Yeah. So high five me. Other than that, that was <laughs> that was the highlight. No, I mean, um, oh, I hate excuses, but I, pro I promise you, having antibiotics to finish on a Friday night before an Ironman doesn't do you much good. And what? I when you're finishing a course of antibiotics on, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I I hoped it would be good, but flat as a pancake once I got on the bike. Yeah. So I just tried to enjoy it, which I did. Okay. I think yeah. and tried to run well. I mean, you just want to get it done as quick as you can, right? Yeah. So that was okay till halfway, and that trail on that canal is just beautiful. Yeah. I love that type of terrain. It was a great day, it wasn't too hot, barges in the water. No, it was a nice run, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, you came, we talked to you the other day and you kind of said that, you know, towards the end of the re your career it has definitely just kind of ticked a few boxes. This wasn't the day you hoped to have, obviously, as, a, as an athlete. But tell us about the road experience. No, you're right, it wasn't, but look, it was still brilliant to be here. Yeah. I mean, I said to you before times, I mean, it, of course it would be great to be here and be competitive. And to be perfectly honest, leading out of the water today was, it was magic. I haven't done that in ages, and I know that doesn't matter a jot in the grand scheme of triathlon, but I've never seen crowds like it. You could hear the clangers the whole way around the swim, eye contact with people. In your, I mean, it was just, I won't forget that for a long time. I mean, I've, you know, that's more than Kona on the pier, in my, in my impression. No, so this experience is incredible. Out on that bike course, I... 
I had to have a, a quick sort of oh my word with myself when I hit Solar the first time. Yeah. yeah. Because that is just a mountain of people. Yeah, it's and, unbelievable. And it? somehow it, it separates. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that again is just, I mean, I'd heard about it, but you can't imagine what it's like to have done it. So, yeah. second time round was a bit hairy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I would recommend this race to anybody. Um, yeah. Bucket lister for sure. Fantastic. Well done on hanging in there and making it to the finish line and leading out of the swim. Thank you very much, guys. Unfortunately, though, one thing, I wonder, what, do you know what your swim time was? No, it probably was slower than Lucy. I think it might have been. Yeah. But you, lead, you still lead the swim out at Challenge Rope. Nice work. Thank you very much. Okay, John Newsom, uh, this time last year you were in the water killing it. Smashing it, those those pros were just crying on my feet. That's right. They just sat on your toes, didn't they? You were so frustrated. I know, it was unbelievable. So we're at the beginning of the race. Uh, the, the pros are about halfway through the swim right now. The balloons are in the air, the guns blowing up every kind of 30 seconds, isn't it? It is, and uh, we're going to think, we're thinking maybe Lucy Charles is going to swim through this whole male pack. This is going to come out after the race, so you'll yeah. know. Yeah. But they only started three minutes behind the men, so there's a good chance there's no fast swimmers. She might swim through the whole pack, I reckon. Why is this so cool here, John? Uh, the the gun is puts you off uh, off a little bit. I'd say the, the gun. The smoke ring's pretty impressive, isn't it? It is. So every five minutes, it's like this massive bang. And obviously, we were racing. Well, I was racing last year, so didn't didn't hear that. But just the mass of people. I went off this morning to park the car. Coming back, there's just hundreds and hundreds of people on their bikes. I will say. Germans do this race amazingly well. There's two things that get on my nerves. Don't talk about smoking, John. Smoking is one of them. No helmets is another one. Oh, you must be in frustration heaven right now. I was. And I'm going to name and shame Kevin McKinnon, who does um, triathlonworld.com, fantastic website. Saw him riding without a helmet. Kevin, pick up your game. You're a bit of an animal. We're in Germany, mate. Those are the road rules. They're allowed to do that here, aren't they? I know. So, no, it is awesome. Loads of people around. And you've got to wonder, you know, they're doing these wave starts every five minutes. I'm sitting here thinking, why couldn't they do this in Kona? I know there's a few logistics things. But uh, it's the way forward, Bevan. It, it is the way forward, isn't it? And it's uh, the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic here. They've got a good sound system. It's, it, it's a, such a good setup for a race because you've got the canal, so you've got people on both sides of the race just supporting. But then you've got the bridge at the end of the race, so there's lots of people up on the bridge. Good pumping atmosphere. The, you know, it's just everything about this is kind of cool for a swim. It's probably the best way to watch a swim, isn't it? It is. And then you have the hot air balloons drifting up above us. So it's good times. So we're going to be watching the pros come out soon. We'll probably catch up again when we're at Solderberg. So uh, just giving you a feel of what it's like to be here. But I've got to say, you, there's lots of reasons this is one of the most spectacular races in the world. And even as a spectator, just being here right now reinforces that. So that's us out for now. Right, we're in transition area. We've come down from the water now. It's in transition area. And it's uh, Coach John Newsom's a lot of judgment happening around some of the transitions here. John, what's happening? I must look German. I've just had to do the Nesprechen die Deutsch. Nein, nein. Nein, nein. So no, we've seen some pretty woeful uh, transitions, some pretty good ones as well. Some people are going after that T1 record. Well, we'll, be, we'll be, you know, because it's like often as a coach you don't see transitions as much. Uh, what are some of the tips you'd say for people listening to this right now around a good transition? Try to do as much as you can on the fly. And you don't need to be rushing, but doing as many things on the fly. Like if you've got putting arm warmers on, you know, do them as you're approaching your bike rather than having them on your bike and just keep moving. Oh, we've got Jan Wanklin coming out, 1990 winner, been doing our camp all week, which has been pretty cool. Where is she, Bevan? Where is she? I oh, know, but I'm sure a will let us know what happens. Yeah. Um, and what's rookie mistakes? Look at that bike. 
Look at that. It's the, the diamond. Uh, there's no wind out here today. Very good conditions. He'll be okay. okay. But in Kona conditions, riding that diamond, you've got to think it's going to blow you around a bit. But we've also seen a couple of the... We've got, a, we've got more than one uh, of the old Rick and Dick type um, yeah. setups going on today. We've seen two guys out towing wheelchairs. We've seen a couple of uh, tandems going out. Those things will be moving if you've got, oh some, got some power get down. So now it's all looking yeah, good. Also, don't sprint out of transition. Seems plenty of that. Yeah, people are tr trying to take on Usain Bolt. So transition period's pretty good. Oh, wow, look at this bike. So this guy's doing a Rick and Dick Hoyt, but it's almost like they've got a, a, a trailer on the front. That's different, isn't it? It is the front. Yes, that's... Looks like also like a wheelchair at the front of the bike. He might participate a little, little bit, maybe? Interesting. That fella's a bit bigger than Rick, uh, than Dick Hoyt was. Well, he's like an adult. So, so, the, so they've got two groups. The first group is your traditional Rick and Dick Hoyt, but the second group is almost like a bike carrier. Mm. Um, and we've seen our para-athlete that you guys would have heard of in the first uh, few interviews go out. No. Overall, you know, a lot of people aren't too stressed about their transitions, but why give up time unnecessarily, I say? I agree. And you're a coach, so I'll listen to you. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, Good. We'll, we'll talk to you later on. Next up, we'll be at Solberg. Okay, John, we're now at Solberg. Uh, your, your first experience as a spectator here? It's just rubbish. It's yeah. absolute yeah, rubbish. Under waste of time. Don't come and spectate here. Don't do the race. Rubbish. R rubbish. Well, you're full of crap because it's absolutely awesome. <laughs> John banging his bangers away. I'm sure the listeners are loving that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this space? It's great. You know, you, I noticed the first few that came through. You see Sebastian Keenlay who's been here before and uh, there's somebody else, big smiles on their faces. When you see Laura Sadal, uh, not Laura Sadal, um, Lucy Charles, she looked like a stunned mullet. Here comes the next one. As you can hear, you, you can probably hear right now, the athletes just making, uh, it's quite cool even seeing like, like um, Sebastian and the big smile on his face, like even these top pros. This is still a special thing in their year, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if there's anywhere else like this in the world. Imagine if they did this on Lee Drive or on, on Palani Hill. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it's, and they really could, couldn't they? One other thing is the corner of the day so far is John going, oh, this might be Laura Siddell, and it turns out it was a guy with a beard. Yeah. She, she wasn't far behind. <laughs> but it wasn't your sharpest moment. So Solberg is where it's at right now. Great atmosphere, public crowd. Uh, it's just, there's an attractiveness to the energy of the place. Lots of people out there giving leaps. It's just really cool stuff. So if you ever get to come here, not just as an athlete, but even as a spectator, it's a pretty special place. So we've moved away from Solberg and now we're just transitioned to the run. It's a bit of a mission to get from the bike to the run, but if you've got a media pass, John, it's pretty good, isn't it? Media pass didn't do jack for oh, us. No, I got us through a couple of links. Oh, I don't know about that. But we I don't think we would have got there without the media pass. Let's put it that way. We did some good cross-country driving through forests and... Uh, Driver Emma Miller did extremely well. Yeah, normally what people do is grab a shuttle, so they've actually got a pretty good setup for most spectators, but we're doing things a little bit different today. So now we're sitting here on the run course. We've got the pros coming around the corner probably in the next three or four minutes. Uh, and it's kind of a quiet, pretty chilled, relaxed atmosphere right now. We're in the shade. It's a beautiful day. And just getting excited about the run that we've got in front of us as they head out on the run course. So, John's coach position. Who's this with? Bang on. Bang on. He's a great coach. That's what he's telling me. Right, John, we're at the end of the finish line, and I've uh, got to say, they absolutely smashed this finish line area, don't they? They have indeed. We, we have had our access denied. We have not got any further than Bevan thought we would get, but uh, we're waiting to do the pro interviews. But yeah, they smashed this finish. 
So this year they've increased their numbers at stands. So they, if you've seen some of you see they've got kind of U-turn kind of finish line where they've got over a thousand people in that area this year, and it is pumping. I tell you, it's a pretty cool atmosphere. But everywhere on the course, you know, we were, you know, maybe at our K out, and you could see when they came past at 30 k's, and there's just people for Africa everywhere. And even when you come into the expo, there's just thousands of people. It's awesome. It's the ultimate event, really. It's just. Everything about it, it's just great energy, great atmosphere. Uh, the locals, I was talking to Rich about it the other day, the locals just really embrace this race. It's, it's not a hindrance to them, it's not a burden. The locals are actually seem to be really happy to have the athletes here, which sometimes in you know long distance triathlon it's not the case. I'm sure, sure there's still a few um, unhappy people, but I think they do embrace it. They have you know, prizes for the best shop, which has the best display. They have, uh, just, it just seems like people are happy to be happy to help out. There's definitely a reason this is a bucket list race for pretty much every triathlete, but isn't it? When you when you hear, and the, and the thing I was saying the other day to some people was that it's like the movie that everyone recommends, but they often ruin the movie. But this is the movie that everyone recommends, and it still delivers, isn't it? Well, and we'll find out from some of our camp athletes and whether we overpromised or not. But I think not, given the the smiles you saw on a lot of people's faces as they were heading up uh, Solberg Hill. So just that's us out from the finish line right now. But I gotta say they have absolutely smashed this race. Challenge Road is absolutely rocking. We've got um, Arno Sulikov here, he's just showing his watch and I'm looking at mine and it's about 9 hours and 5 minutes coming up and he must have finished, well done Laura. <laughs> and I'm um, looking at Arno's, oh no, 9 hours and 37 seconds. 9 hours and 37, oh no. How was your day though? Uh, it was a strange day because I think I was very fit when I arrived there. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't, I have no time on the swim and uh, I didn't get a good, a good feeling in the water. And then on the bike, uh, the first 120k, I just had the feeling that I was towing something. And then the legs opened up and uh, I had a good second lap. And uh, I wanted to make a bit of time on the, early on the run, so I went a bit, uh, maybe a bit too fast for, for my old age. And, uh, but it isn't panned out, but I, I, well, I'm still happy because I was coming for, I was expecting an I-10 yeah. because in two weeks I'm doing ITU long course in uh, Denmark and uh, that was more like a, a big rehearsal, but then, you know, you get taken in the game and... Uh, so what do you do when you're having a tough day? You know, you do a lot of racing. What goes through your mind to try to, you know, battle through those tough periods? Well, first of all, it was a bit windy today, I found, compared to 2016. And, uh, and I just try not to think too much about that, you know, and I, I don't know if you read the book from Mark Allen, and uh, I don't know, I can't remember the name, but uh, basically what he was saying is, uh, be fearless in the face of your fear. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to look forward for the headwind and, uh, and the hill, mm -hmm. trying to... Uh, you know, wait for it, and then I just found it make it a bit easier. And uh, and the second lap is always funny here because we catch a lot of people, yeah. all the people who start in the later wave, and then you have all the the relay guy passing by. So it's a bit more stressful. Try to not get into uh, drafting. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess it get, it keep me occupied, and uh, and I didn't look at my watch for the last. 50, 60k because I knew I was just a bit slower than what I was expecting and uh, I was expecting a better run than that but the second lap here you know the, the one you did yeah. there, this one got me yeah. the two hill and uh, I didn't walk but was not far. 
So what's the drafting like out there? You know, you've done Kona. Compare what the drafting is like compared here to Kona. Well, today, to be honest, I've seen nothing, yeah. nothing. I didn't see a guy trying to take my wheel. I didn't see, and even I think there is three penalty box in the two lap. I haven't seen one guy in a penalty box. I see a few guys with a, a marker on, mm. a, on their bib, but to be honest, I've seen absolutely nothing. The thing they changed this year is uh, normally the sub nine guy, we were starting with uh, pro guys mm. and uh, we were in the third wave because there was a smaller wave for the pro guy, smaller wave for the female pro and then us. So I don't know if it was that or anything else, but uh, we didn't call the first female. Normally we do. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a funny day because the conditions were, were pretty good. But the wind, you know, when we go towards grading along the highway, yeah. that was quite a strong headwind there. and. Mm. Uh, but I mean, this is racing and... Uh, so how old are you now? I'm, I'm, I'm 49, I'm turning 15 uh, at the end of the year. Nine hours and 37 seconds at your age, uh, which I'm going to be rolling up quickly. I'll see if I can match that, I'll be pretty happy. So well done on a great You're race. Welcome. Thank you, thank you guys. We've got uh, somebody who's got the, the prestige of being the first camper across the line at this first stage. Camper. So probably about nine hours, 10 I'm guessing, something like that maybe. Scott, tell us about your day. Uh, I had a really good swim. Um, Found some feet early on, and I tried to pass him. The guy was basically some of my pace, so I just stuck on his feet all the way around. And then on the bike, power was pretty low. I was, I, but the time was going well. I, I so I was at least uh, riding pretty strong, I guess, time-wise. I think I nipped under under five hours, which I was. That was kind of the goal, so I was really happy with that. Uh, getting off the bike, my IT band started acting up a little bit in the first five miles so I wasn't sure how well the run was gonna go but I just kept plugging along and just uh, kind of take it but chunk by chunk and ended up ended up setting a new PR I think I was around 906 or so so it was yeah nice. really good yeah 910 was my, my goal going in so I, I'm over the moon yeah it's great man we, we talked to you know to the group about what to experience out there we can only tell you so much what was uh, did it uh, did we talk it up too much or what what was yet what was some highlights for you out there um no uh, pre-riding the course was huge and I, and, and you had uh, reiterated throughout the, the week to make sure that we kind of you know hit the climbs relative good power but then you know power over and, and uh, get those downhills and keep the power up and I think that was you know, I noticed a lot of people even though they may come flying up the hills they just backed off it um, you can gain a lot of speed there and then knowing those turns since we pre-rode you know you can cut the corners a little bit and, and, and maintain that speed so that was really good um, that canal is, is fucking long <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah but it's it's yeah I didn't think it was gonna end um, but yeah it was it was a good day man what about Solberg Hill Oh, full on. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. That, obviously, the, the second time it came around, it was a lot less, but still, really, the first time it was, uh, yeah. You know, I, I honestly wanted to stop and ride back down the hill and go right back up it. It was such, and I was, I was actually hitting a low spot when I was coming into Hippelstein, so that was, yeah, it was my back was really tight, so that was, uh, yeah, that was a pick me up. Yeah, it's, it's indescribable. Awesome. Oh, well, you go get yourself a massage and some food, and we'll uh, wait for the others to come on in. Yeah, I need some beer. <laughs> okay, we got, we got Joel from uh, Epic Camp, and uh, tell us about your day, mate. I think it went pretty well, I don't know. Uh, swim, 
best I could tell when I looked at my watch, I didn't I didn't time with my watch, but when I got on my bike, my watch said 7:45, so I had to swim. I had to swim 58. I, I have no idea how I did that, uh, but I did. Bike was slow. Bike was windy, and I think that made it slow. I, I rode my power. Um, so, I mean, the spike split is what it is. I don't know what I ended up with, 5.10 or something like that. I thought five hours was realistic, but the wind was relentless, man, all day. Even on the run, wind in my face all day long, you know? Um, and then run, I mean, <laughs> it gets hard. It's a marathon after biking for five hours, so it gets hard. I think I ran, I think I ran 3.15. I don't know if I've run that fast before. <laughs> He's getting a bit of cramp right now. Uh, you know, everyone talks about the road to experience. Tell us about it. Oh, it was awesome, man. It was great. I mean, the whole race, you know, really good. The, the first wave in the swim, looking up and seeing the hot air balloons going up. It was a beautiful day. You know, it was cool and sunny. And you look up, you're just treading water in the canal there. And hot air balloons, you look back up on the bridge, and there's 5,000 people standing there lining the canal. I mean, I hate the swim. But that was, that was cool. Uh, I guess I learned, I, I mean, I was right in the middle of people, the whole swim in the, in the fast, fast guy wave. So I guess there's a lot of uh, mediocre swimmers in Europe. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider myself particularly good. I had a great swim split for me. But uh, to be in the middle of people in the wave that was, you know, the nine hour guys, I didn't expect that. So, but anyway, yeah, got on the bike, just rode my race. Did my thing. A little frustrated looking at my average speed, but it is what it is. I can't can't do anything about it. What about Solberg? You know, like everyone hears about yeah. it. What's what's it like to go up it? Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's like you see in the Tour de France. You know, when those guys are climbing the big climbs, the people are just you know, you got two, three foot wide, and you're just spinning up it, man. You're just doing what you can do. Trying. I didn't even look at the power meter. I took a split at the bottom and top, <laughs> just just so I can look afterwards and see what I did. I think I kept it reasonably in check, you know. But uh, yeah, second lap was, I mean, like everyone says, a few less people, but it was still pretty crowded because I was first wave, so I was still up towards the front of the race. So even second lap of Solberg was lots of people, man. And uh, yeah, good enough bike. I think a bike course is a little short. Looking at my GPS, I think it was, my GPS had it at least a mile short, but I don't know, doesn't matter. Um, and then the run, man, I just steady Eddie, man. I had some slow miles towards the end, long hill, one place where I, you know, kind of took a couple minutes, not a couple minutes, maybe 30, 60 seconds to reset at an aid station and walk through it. Kind of gather myself with 10 or 12K to go. So that was like an eight minute mile, but I think I averaged 732, something like that. I think my watch that I ran 315, man. So happy with your day? Yeah. I wish I knew what my total time was, but it doesn't really matter. It all, all the pieces were pretty good, man. The T1 was a little slow. I kind of fumbled around a little bit trying to get my helmet buckled and stuff. But we, 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 we were watching you on T1. I was going, come on, Joel, get that helmet on, get that helmet on. But still, it cost me 30 seconds or something, you know. What are you going to do? Uh, Congratulations, mate. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Great day. I feel kind of a little bit like shit. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm going to have to go find the porta potty. <laughs> uh, we'll end it here. I don't think I've taken a shit since yesterday, so... Come here, come here. We've, got, we've got George from the UK. He's been listening to the show for years and he's in bits. How did your day go, mate? Oh, it's tough out there, mate. Very tough. Yeah. Why? 
I pushed a bit hard on the bike and uh, yeah, paid for a bit on the run. So, yeah. but yeah, it's still a great day. Everyone said it was a pretty windy day at the end. It picked up a bit on that second lap, yeah. but Solar Burke Hill, it was the first time doing this race, blew my mind. Yeah. Didn't think they were going to part, but they did in the end. Tell me about it, because you know, everyone, everyone talks about this race, but you come here and, and it's just something special, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's mental. It's yeah. mental. Yeah. Solar Burke is kind of the highlight of it, but it's kind of mental the whole way, isn't it? Like the whole experience. I've never done a race this big. I mean, I've been to Austria, I've done a, you know, a couple of Ironman races, but this is like next level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so overall happy with your day or? Yeah, yeah, can't complain, can't yeah. complain. Well, yeah. Do you know your time? Yeah, I managed to get in 9.24, so. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, so I did Texas a couple of months back, so uh, yeah, still feeling that a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you are. And you give a, sh a shout out to a few people back home, who you want to shout out to? Oh, just to my wife, Camilla, and my two girls, uh, Sadie and Isla. Nice, and uh, you got a triathlon group? Yeah, Farnham Tri, there's a couple of us out here. Uh, yeah, a few lads getting under 10 today, so that's good. Awesome. Congratulations, nice meeting you. Thanks, mate. Okay, I was standing here from 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 age group of the week from when? I think it was three one nine or three twenty summit. And Nathan, what's your last name? Bradford. And uh, how'd your day go today? Really good. Uh, good swim, good bike, and then just hot, horrible run. Hot, horrible run. <laughs> Why? Because the weather's hot. No, but is <laughs> it the horrible part? Why was it no, tough? Um, I don't know, I just don't like that run course. I think that one lap is quite tough and that second part going up to the village is cramping like crazy. Yeah. The last 10 mile was a horrible cramp fest. Have you done this race before? Uh, 2015, so I did 20 minutes quicker. Oh wow. And I think it's, although the run was horrible, it's uh, my fastest run marathon, so. Oh wow, so what was your finish time? I think it was 9.31. Is it a PB? No, I did 9.26, but I was younger then. Oh, there we go. There we go. And uh, who's your triathlon community back in the UK? Me. Oh, really? You're a solo trainer? <laughs> yeah, I don't like people, so keep to myself. <laughs> Do you want to give a shout-out to anybody? No, I'm good. <laughs> I love it. Hey, congratulations, mate. Awesome Thank work. You. Thanks very much. Awesome, Good work. I think it was maybe something under 3.20, like maybe a 3.18 or even a bit quicker again. Um, I think I got off the bike and needed to do about a 3.18 or something to get under 10. Um, and I came in 9.55, so... Oh, really? Have you done sub-10 here before? Yeah, twice before, twice before. How many times have you done this race? Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, wow, so you keep coming back. Seven Roth. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing race. As, as you know, it's uh, one of the best ones in the world. But, uh, so, but when you keep coming back lots and lots of times, um, it still delivers? I think so, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it just gets better every year. Uh, it's the race that I want to come back to all the time. That and Wales, actually. I'm in Wales. I'm from South Wales. I heard Wales is amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. For me, this one and Wales, the support is just off the charts. It's uh, absolutely phenomenal. The whole town gets behind both races and the atmosphere and the support. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, do you want to give a shout out to anyone back in, back in Wales, Jonathan? Uh, I want to say hi to my wife who's up there somewhere. She's my oh, biggest. You're, you're a sharp man. She's my biggest fan and biggest supporter, and I think she got me around there today. So, uh, yeah, thanks to her for everything she does for me. Congratulations on the sub team, mate. Thanks a lot. Peter Thor Thias, the Thor is in the house, and he's got the outfit on, and he looks like he's had a crash, and miraculously, you know, no, but miraculously, he's had a crash on the bike, and there's some good damage to his body, but he's looked after his am Talk tri suit, so I'm proud of you, mate. How'd your race go? Um, didn't go to plan, but that's probably what these Ironmans are about. But hey, look, 9.55, that's, that's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel that strong on the bike. But um, yeah, kind of held it together on the run. 
Not too bad, but... In the swim? Um, I don't know. 103. So, yeah, not bad. Yeah, in between. What, what would be a great day for you, like, time-wise? Um, I think I put down 940. Okay, so, so, so it wasn't terrible, but... Nah, not a disaster, but I just lapped up the, the atmosphere uh, through the whole race. Like, Solar Hill, that is just amazing. Yeah, it's it just... It's just such a buzz. I couldn't wait to get around the second lap to go up it again. <laughs> yeah. And what, what about on the run? You know, the beer miles and stuff. Did we? Were you doing any high fives out there and uh, lapping up the crowd? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Being me, I just kind of uh, do a little dance and you know, throw the arms in the air and do a little jig, get the crowd going. So um, yeah, that made that was a big thing of the run uh, in this event. Yeah, just yeah. I've never been anywhere like this. This this is unreal. You've done quite a bit of racing in your time, haven't you? Uh, this is probably number number nine, I think. Yeah. Ironman, so or Ironman distance. So, yeah. Was there anything out there that surprised you about the day? You know, we'd we tried to tell you guys about the the crowds. You'd obviously seen the course. Um, was there anything that you went, holy shit, I wasn't expecting that? Um, or was it pretty much what you thought it might be? Oh, pretty much what I thought, what it might be, John. But I think the second lap has got really congested with uh, a lot of uh, yeah other people coming through. So a lot of people weren't sticking to the right, and it was just I nearly had a tailender trying to overtake someone. Someone was overtaking me, but uh, I survived that one. But um, yeah, lost it on a corner, going too fast, trying to gain some time, but yeah, here's what it is. And how, how much time did that take? Were you, and when you got back on your bike, were you, were you pretty revved up or did you just take a bit of time to cool yourself down? <laughs> it was all happened so quickly, I just laid there and holy people came over. <laughs> just being, oh, it's just, yeah, probably a bit of shock, but I went, oh, probably lay here, have a bit of a rest and get going again, but... I just got up and um, moved the limbs, and they all they all work. So um, yeah, wasn't wasn't too bad. Didn't lose a lot of time. But when I went to T2, I I went and seen the medical and just got it all cleaned up and yeah, just to make sure. What, what did you kind of work on through the run just to make sure you could still get your best result? Ah uh, well, although I said the run turned out okay, like I tried sitting on. Uh, Kind of four, four forty minute pace. I probably did that for the first probably twelve k's, but then the, the wheels came off a bit, and I just stopped looking at my watch <laughs> altogether. We love you wearing the IM Talk gear. Hopefully, you got a few cheers out there as well. So yeah. nice work on an awesome race. Yeah, mate, you're a bloody legend. Love your work. Thanks. Yeah. Name? Rob Dalamore. That famous name on the show. Yeah. Uh, we just said it was particularly hard. Yeah, yeah, and I spoke to a German guy at the finish and he said, everywhere if we were supposed to go faster was a headwind, oh. and everywhere there is a headwind, there was a headwind. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking pretty good time-wise. What did you come in on? Oh, I had no idea. Okay. I just, uh, there's a long story behind me getting to this finish line, and I've been here twice and I haven't finished it yet. So, oh, okay. Uh, I knew I was having a bit of an average run, and I thought I'm not going to... Worry about it. I'm just going to get to this finish line and and I, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, but I still got two drips, so I must have done oh, must nice. have gone to the wall at some yeah. stage. 
coming out of New Zealand winter. Yeah, but I tell you what, I, I was lucky on the first lap up Solarberg because I was on my own, and um, and man, that was a special lap. Like second lap, it was okay, but the first lap was just incredible because it was just like the crowd was just there for me and. I was like, oh man, I got a little bit emotional at the top. Got a, got a bit Mark Watson, eh? I had to, had to pull myself in a bit. <laughs> That's a good cue reference, that one. Uh, so, what, so this is your third time doing the race, is it? Yeah, the first time I got a, uh, I broke my seat post and Ooh. I got a hypothermia. It was in 2008 when it was really... Well, we did that one. Oh, it was yeah. a horrible day. Yeah. And then I came back in 2012 and I got a virus the day before the race and I couldn't get out of bed. And, um, and one of the guys I was with said... Um, he said, uh, I don't want you to race because um, I don't want anybody to die in my... <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's probably good advice. So I sat that one out and I thought, man, i got to finish this bloody race. So, you raced a lot. How does this race compare to other races around the world? Uh, yeah, well, this is my 19th and the atmosphere's different, eh? Like, it's, it's pretty special. Uh, I've done Kona a few times and, and Kona's cool, and but this is also cool, but it's just a different sort of cool, you know? Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was awesome, I, and I don't I don't even know if I'll come back and race again. Like I've I've done it once, and and it was a nice nice experience. I'll come back and and if I have athletes doing it, I'll come and watch them do it. But I don't know. It was it was good to do it and just say there we go, I've done it. It's hard work on the other side of the fence. We're, we're exhausted. We're going to oh, go put our feet up. Oh, you guys were awesome when I saw you at the start of the run. Eh? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to give it love, mate. Thank you know, you got to give it love. Oh, good mate. Thanks for that. Thank you. John, but we didn't mention the sponsors. Sponsors. Extreme Endurance and Adam Flipper Philby, who's coming past shortly, was raving about Extreme Endurance during the week, saying his legs weren't sore and it looks like they haven't been sore today either. So good on him. So it's working, John, it's working. And uh, so you like the buffer and Tanya Pora. Tell you what, guys, go Tanya Pora. Uh, just if you want some time with your family, you want to do some training, it's a win win. Tell your lovely partner, if boy or girl, go to the mind camp. Work on their mind while you work on your athletic ability. And put your kids in some swim school. Right, it's a win-win-win, John. Uh, John, uh, also our patrons, just going to say a big thank you to some of our patrons. A couple of people came up and said hello, and one of them came up and said, look, Bevan, I'm actually a patron. Uh, and it was the ringer. I think I remember his first name, but I remember it was the ringer, so you know who you are. Uh, and Jonbo, uh, just any other last thoughts leaving Root? It's just been a great day, great weather. Good that you know, they had a little bit of wind factor out there for a bit of a challenge, but perfect temperatures. Uh, yeah, we, uh, the only negative for me was the coverage for us. I mean, my mobile phone wasn't working, but I would say that the, the tracking was a bit harder than what it might be elsewhere. You know, the, maybe they could think about getting an app which would work a bit better, but other than that, uh, you can't really fault too much. And uh, special credit to our, our driver today, Emma Miller. She managed to get us here nicely with uh, about five navigators in the car. And on that front, we just you know we are wrapping up this kind of uh, epic camp challenge route kind of experience. And we're just going to say a big thank you to all the supporters. Uh, you'll name them, John. Mr. Sausage, Jolly Jenner. He was uh, been doing a lot of massage and just generally keeping everybody's, um, you know. Energy up and uh, great value. Emma Miller, she's done her second camp now, which has been great. And then the combo of Annette and Alan Lee. Alan, the unflappable Mr. Lee, uh, nothing gets to him. And Annette's been keeping him on his toes, and it's great to have her because she's got the inside knowledge. So, uh, yeah, fantastic crew. And that's one of the things that I'm always very proud of our camps. We, we do get some fantastic support crew. They keep everybody's energy up. They get organised. They're amazing. Yeah, you just uh, you don't. It takes the thinking out of the camps. Yes, for 
impressive. So big thanks to all those guys, and I'm sure big thanks to all the campers. And check out John's camps coming forward. He's got Epic Camp Light coming up in Kona next year, and also Epic Camp France next year as well, John. Yes, indeed. And then uh, hopefully Tanya Pour in October as well. Oh. So next year is camp season. Going camping with John. That's what we're going to call it. Going camping with John. John, we're going to wrap it up, and then we're going to put the media conference on after this. So wrap it up, John. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.
make the finish line I was so happy so to come that close is tough but um, yeah I think I'm gonna have to come back now and get another go so maybe we'll have another battle next year. So what was what was maybe what was the one memory that did would take away from this race that we'll maybe talk about to your grandchildren in 20-25 years? Um, I mean I've done quite a few races and I've never experienced an atmosphere like that so um, even when you're having a pretty tough day um, they really help the crowds and just lifted me all the way to the end. So you uh, were just talking to Danny and the gap was, was, not, really, was not really big, so not, <coughs> not comfortable. Um, and what was your kind of motivation to really stay on Danny's heels? Um, well, the whole way on the run, I was looking to try and see my uh, partner and my coach. And I knew he was doing a bike leg, so I thought, I'm not sure when he's going to make it out onto the course. Um, and I really wanted to see him because I needed that kind of boost of motivation and I didn't see him until like half a K to the end and he's just telling me to push and I was like, you're too late now! He's <laughs> like, you should have come out earlier. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, no, it was brilliant. Alright, thank you very much for being here, for doing such a courageous race and uh, bringing us one of the, uh, yeah, things we will remember. You made history today, thanks for being here with you. 
the state of the race where we have the feeling that this is not just a battle of the two sitting beside you, that you were in the middle of a, I don't know, big battle yeah. uh, where, where you were also able to somehow reach the finish line in, in the first position. Tell us about, about your race, how did you experience Oh, it was like the hardest day I've ever had in a full distance triathlon. Like, nothing felt good. The swimming, the swimming was hard, I was like so dead in the beginning and then on the bike I didn't feel so good. I did, uh, you could say, kamikaze try at the first big hill that comes on the 40k and I did ride the next like 40 or 50k pretty fast, catching a little bit then also. But after that I was just done and yeah, the run, it was dirty, I won't tell you the details, but more energy came out than anything, so it was hard. Like, Without this great atmosphere and audience and everything, like I couldn't have made it. I think I was just having in my head that okay, you can't take the real energy in. Just listen to the audience and try to take their something and just go on. So yeah, I was like until maybe 30k, I was trying to really catch them, or 35k, I was like two minutes behind or something like that in the best point. But after that, I was so done that. I was only happy to somehow cover the finishing line. <laughs> you ran the fastest marathon in the female field. Your time is three hours and four seconds. Yeah. Um, uh, you are now here as the third place finisher of the Challenge 2018, which is a fantastic su success in your career. Uh, how would you rate the day looking back at what happened in your time? Yeah, I'm like everyone. <laughs> really happy with the result today. Like being there, that's always on the podium. It's like okay or good, nice, awesome. But um, with my own performance, like I've been uh, training for this race pretty much for the whole training season. So with my own performance, I have to say that I'm not like happy, so happy <laughs> today. But uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, in a way, of course, also the, these like hard days at the office are the ones uh, during which you learn the most. And I'm really proud to like to be able anyway to run that three hours, even though my goal was a lot quicker. But yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So it was your first time in Rome. How are our chances to see you back here next year? Yeah, definitely. I will come back. Like I really love the course. Like it's awesome, and the audience and the atmosphere. It's like really great. Although, as um, Lucy said, the second bike lap was like super windy. I was like cursing in my mind because <laughs> that was the point when I was like so dead. And then there were those uh, headwinds coming on. So I was like, they said that this shouldn't be windy. So <laughs> take the winds away next year. <laughs> and also, like I have to take my hat off for. Uh, <coughs> Because he did like break the bike record on this kind of a really hard day, so well done. <laughs> so, Sivi, also congratulations to a fantastic race. Um, uh, we already had a little interview in the, at the finish line. Um, maybe you can share your emotions once again with the media. Um, <clears throat> it's difficult to, uh, to replicate. Um, that's the sad thing with these, with these moments. You can't just you know, push record and save them for 20 years, so probably I have to do a race again many times <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, of course, certainly the, the race lives, lives up to the, to the hype. Um, I mean, it's not that all of us just want to, you know, 
put honey around the mouth of Felix or the organization. It's just a great atmosphere and it's just, yeah, to win on, on such a stage is amazing, yeah. So looking into the race, into your race, we were chatting a lot about it. Um, and uh, I, 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 I catch myself by telling the audience that this looks like it was somehow the perfect day for Sydney Would you say it was like that? Yes. What about the swim? We were uh, surprised. Your swim was pretty strong. You were part of the first pack. Uh, would that be your analysis or was the swim maybe a bit too slow because there was not really somebody really pushing for a fast time? Yeah, you know me pretty well, I guess. Um, that's my analysis too. It's, I mean, first of all, the time is pretty good, but I mean, you can't really measure the performance with the time, especially on a swim like this. Um, the conditions change a lot and I mean I don't really have anything to compare with so it's difficult to just look at the time and say it's good. Lucy didn't catch me, which is definitely a success. Um, I mean I think my bets were like 50% that she's gonna equalize the three minutes and swim another two minutes into me. So I'm gonna go on Twitter and just like <laughs> point out all the guys <laughs> so it's it gonna happen. No, I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the with the front leg swim um, for sure, which put me in a great position tactically. But um, it's also true that I think um, the guys just kind of neutralized themselves a little bit. I mean, you have to talk to them, but um, and to the um, guys in the front. But I think. Nobody really wanted to push the swim. The only time when it actually got a little bit faster, I saw it actually. Now Lucy caught our group, and that's the reason why we started swimming faster. Um, you see that because Cameron was in the group. I mean, he lost like six minutes last week in uh, Nice. Um, but of course, you never know with him. Probably he just did a warm up swim for today. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Good and bad things. I think the swim was not like really, uh, it was also pretty even, like it wasn't really fast at the beginning and then slowed down. It was just constant pace pretty much, which definitely favors me. So keep on going. I'm going to keep on winning. <laughs> <laughs> so then you had a fantastic bike, uh, bike ride, even if it was some tough conditions out there. Um, you were first riding together with Andy and Cameron. Uh, and I think Jesse, you were also part of the, of the first 40 or 50 case. Uh, uh, Sebi, tell us something about what happened there. Did you then accelerate because you knew, okay, now I have to maybe uh, just push much harder in order to lose those lines with it? Did I accelerate? Yes. I was in the lead for like 300 meters on the bike. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds like a pretty comfortable bike ride as well. Not at all, trust me. <laughs> I thought about a couple of um, Cameron jokes. I'm gonna tell you one. I broke my camshaft at uh, 150 um, uh, k. Um, had to let him go because I, I knew if I if I do this, I really gonna blow up the engine completely. <laughs> and that's not a lot of guys that can really do this to me, especially because he's like super constant. I mean, there's no better guy to follow if you have the the legs and the balls to actually go for it. Um, I would say I had the balls, not the legs all the way. 
But um, yeah, of course, that was a perfect situation for me. Um, I didn't got nervous because I knew how hard we were going, and um, I thought there is no no way that that the other guys could keep up with that. To be honest. Then you started to run with a pretty comfortable uh, gap between you and the fast runners that we know from the from the last year race this year, especially um, Joe Skipper, James Kanana, which you know that they can run pretty fast. Uh, was that also a comfortable situation during the whole run, or was there any how a situation where you thought, okay, now I really have to stick to my pace and stay to my inner strength in order to win? So. Um, you already mentioned the pretty tough conditions on the bike and um, at the beginning when I passed Andy, I told him you knew that Cameron was in our swim group and he was like, yeah, he's already in the lead and I'm like, what? And he must have overtaken me on, in the in transition area and I didn't even knew that he was already in the lead and I didn't only had to burn a couple of matches, I just like burned a whole pack of matches to actually <laughs> just like close the gap and I mean, you know, closing a gap on somebody like Cameron is really a, a tough thing and I mean, I definitely paid for it on the run and um, it might have looked comfortable from, from the outside, it definitely wasn't from the inside. When was the first moment where you realized, alright, okay, this is, this is going to work out today? Um, at the last turnaround and I had 6 minutes 30, I was pretty sure, yeah, um, it still feels okay, I'm not in like completely emergency mode, um, and just part-time emergency mode, um, and yeah, then I saw it, yeah, it's, now it's, um, actually, I saw it, I will be able to enjoy a little bit of the last um, 4Ks, it was difficult to do that, but I just like tried to soak it all in and I know I told you it's not possible to save these moments, I have still tried. <laughs> so at the press conference you said it was already mind-blowing entering the finish line as the runner-up in the two races that you did before here and Rob. Now, how was it being there as the winner? Try it out, I can't really explain. Why there is a saying, words can't describe it, because words can't describe it. I can keep on searching for some, some words, but I will not find them. You also said at the press conference that in the last years it was quite a hassle to include Challenge Roth into your tight race schedule based on the fact that you have to qualify for the World Championships. So um, was this kind of a, I wouldn't say once in a lifetime opportunity this year? Do you think that this opportunity uh, will show up in the next year as well? So can we see you here again uh, trying to maybe defend the title? After I saw today how you can ride a bike one week after you already did an Ironman, it's probably no problem to do one every week. <laughs> um, it's always bad if somebody starts doing stuff like that and you actually uh, like, no, I just can't do two a year and that's it. And then somebody comes up and does two a week and uh, in one week. And uh, it actually seems to still work. But I can't really imagine doing that, to be honest. So, um, yeah, but I mean, how I did my schedule last year worked out pretty well. So I definitely can imagine that. Um, don't ask me these questions when I'm still, like, so high on <laughs> <laughs> I know, Felix 
already has the contract somewhere here. <laughs> I wanted to find it right now and um, probably let's give it um, uh, some more sugar and some more sleep and then we'll see. Yeah, I'll come back to that at the finish line. Since finish, second place at Challenge Roth is basically wow. With a new personal best, you, uh, uh, you, you, get, you get yourself another 10 minutes. A 7.53 is now uh, your, your time in the history books. Tell us, how do you feel? Yeah, it was just amazing and I had a very, very good day and the atmosphere here, all the support, the, it's, it's hard to find words and in most of races I do, I don't recognize people when, while I'm in race mode and this time I really recognized most of the people, even if it was very crowded. And I saw their faces and I, saw, I, I took all the energy and that, uh, pushed me to yeah to go so fast. So yeah, if you would have focused a bit more, uh, would the gap between you and Sydney would have been maybe a bit closer? Well, uh, <laughs> I will try maybe next the next time I will try. No, but it's also uh, it's also uh, you have to have the street of inside and focus more on the on riding. But yeah, I was I was surprised by myself that I. I recognized so many people and I, I really saw these people and everybody had so many banners for me and yeah, it was, it was amazing and that also makes this race so special. So from the outside it looked like you were having a pretty controlled race. Solid swim on the bike, I think you were going with the guys until you had a feeling, okay, if I do it, if I do more, I'm going to blow up. Um, where do you get that kind of routine from? It's just the second long distance that you do. There must be a pretty big discipline in your mind when you're on the bike and on the run. Tell us about that. But my plan was to do the race for myself and also um, on my pace and that I don't focus so much on the others. Uh, so it's more me and my numbers and uh, try to stick to my plan. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the bike ride, I had a yeah, small mechanical issue. Uh, my drinking bottle was a little bit loose because after the, the bumpy uh, road in Heimfarich, just at the truth. And then I made a safety stop to tape it and I lost the crew anyway. But maybe it was also an advantage that I could follow to my plan and just uh, ride on myself. And yeah, that was. Uh, I really enjoyed to ride the bike, and then when I heard the splits, and uh, a long time they stayed stayed steady, and yeah, that made me even more uh, motivated. So then you were uh, you were basically coming to uh, to transition uh, from the bike. I think in position four. I'm not sure. Third position. This is third. Then you, of course, uh, overtook, overtook Cameron. Um, was it also something that you had basically calculated in? Is there any moment where you feared that somebody was coming from the back or maybe that you could uh, reach Sydney? But I had very good legs when we started into the run. The through transition is always very bad, uh, the first meters, but then uh, I had good legs on the beginning of the run and find very good into my rhythm. And yeah, when I was thinking, okay, maybe I can even, uh, even go for the for the very big goal, uh, but yeah, uh, that was 
very early in the race and it was also very optimistic. Uh, also, yeah, I'm uh, not so experienced and also not the very best runner. Uh, so, yeah, but I just felt good and then I, I also thought that I maybe can hold the pace, but then, yeah, I paid for it later and I had to slow down. And the last kilometers, or especially from Griechenbach down to road, that was really hard for me. And Jesse was in my back and he was really pushing there. And I was really afraid that he is catching me then. And for me, it was easier and maybe even faster to run up to Buchenbach than down. <laughs> so that was really tough. Also, I was at the, at the town center and the hotspots. The crowd was bringing me to the finish line. And yeah, that was, it was unbelievable. So it was your first finish line moment here, Rob. Can you explain a bit how it feels? And yeah, like Stevie said, it's hard to describe in the words. And uh, it's, yeah, sometimes you have the day and then you, you, you can enjoy it and get the feelings. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's really, really very special. And uh, I'm also very excited to come back to uh, finish line to, um, to cheer for the last finishers. Uh, that's also a big party at the, at the night. So we're looking forward to having you there. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Can you personal best 7.54.38, which is almost uh, a half an hour that you were faster uh, than in Hawaii in 2016? Um, uh, <laughs> what are your feelings sitting here on the podium? I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic. It was, I didn't, uh, you know, looking at the star list, and uh, you know, I thought that, and thinking about my fitness, I, I thought, you know, I thought a top five was was doable on the right day, and, and I thought, uh, you know, that maybe I'd have a crack at eight hours if everything went well, and uh, but this just, this honestly for me ended up being kind of, uh, and I said it to myself over and over again, particularly when. I was really suffering on the on the second loop on the bike, and, and then also uh, the last about eight miles of the run. It was just it felt like a career a career day for me. And um, you know, after having some decent but some disappointing uh, races in Kona, to come over and do a really big you know the the, the most well known race in the world outside of that race and the podium here means a lot. So how did your day in Wolf? Well, I, I uh, the first half of the race was I was pretty much it was similar to Sebastian. I was surprised that I was in the lead group on the swim. We I usually swim with Sebi, and we're usually not in the lead group. Not even close. <laughs> so, so, um, and I also yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crushed it. Um, I also was expecting Lucy to cut, to pass me on the on the swim for sure. And um, so that was also a plus, but that didn't happen. And um, yeah, but the, but the swim, I think none of the none of the strong swimmers really like made a go at it. And it was it was uh, hard in parts, but but not too bad. I felt pretty strong and smooth. And then um, and then the bike ride, uh, I actually had a pretty good transition. Was kind of out like right with the right with the leaders and. 
uh, and was I think maybe the second second wheel when uh, Cameron came by and then short and then right after that Sebastian and I talked to my coach uh, this week about you know there's a lot of what I'd say you know clearly Uber bikers in this race with Cameron and Sebastian Andy and, and Joe even uh, is a great is a good cyclist as well and you know if you're in a position where you can use those guys as a carrot. Um, you know, I can ride hard at least for a while. I'm, I'm definitely not at that at that level, but but you know, stick your nose in it and, and see and use it for as long as it makes sense. And so I did that, but then I used it for about three times longer than makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was like every it was a combination of getting of like uh, Knowing the course really well because I've been here the last two weeks and being like, oh, it would really be beneficial to crest this next hill because there's kind of a long, like, flat downhill section. So I'll just go full gas up this hill to stay with them one more time. And then, uh, and then just being like, just legitimately like a kid in a candy shop, you know, kind of like, this is... It was a it was a surreal lap for me, you know. Like I was riding with two of the best cyclists ever in the sport, and I'll never forget going up uh, Solar Bird with them. And I mean, it was just like I I was completely maxed. I only stayed with them for about another 10k after that. And um, but I had I had the uh, I had the biggest smile on my face. And but I was just my my legs were just done, and I knew it was it was just about lights out. And I think I went um, 204 for the first 90k with these guys, and then I went like 214. So I I, I blew up. The, the last the second lap was very lonely and very very hard. And he came by me like I was like I was a back of the pack age grouper. And um, there were some age groupers that were holding my wheel too going up. But anyway, uh, we got, uh, and then, uh, so starting the run, I, I knew I had, a couple weeks ago I had my best half Ironman run split uh, ever, and so I knew I was in good run shape, and um, I was hoping for a, a low 240s, if not breaking 240 on this course, um, but I wasn't expecting to ride that hard, and, and so, the first few miles, I kind of let it come to me, and then there was a, there were there was about eight miles there where I thought maybe I'd still have a crack at it. But then, similar to Andy, around like mile twelve or thirteen, I, I started to feel it really bad, and it was more about just survival the the last half and and um, passing Cameron obviously, and then and then there was a brief moment when I thought maybe I would have. A, have a crack at Andy, but then similar to the way he felt, like just that out and back to boot and mark, I was just so I was so dead. So it was I was thinking more about Joe and James behind me more than I was trying to catch Andy. And um, hurt really bad, but but uh, but I'm so obviously really really happy with the result.